What is? What is? What is? What is biblical counseling? Biblical counseling will grow you from brokenness to wholeness. I think what you just said made me look at those scenarios differently. God replaced all my junk with with a beautiful light. God's really been changing the way that I parent my children. The most amazing thing is the sufficiency of His Word. This is Transformed. And now your host, Assistant Professor of Biblical Counseling at the Masters University and Certified Biblical Counselor, Dr. Greg Gifford. Welcome back to Transformed. My name is Dr. Greg Gifford, as you may know, and I have the privilege of getting to be the host of this show. And I do say show because there's a television, excuse me, hey, television series that corresponds to this audio show or podcast, whatever you want to call it. And uh, we have been working through a topic over the past three or four episodes as of late. Many of you know what I'm talking about. It's the P word. It is parenting. We've been talking a lot about parenting. You know, parenting is one of those things that you just have to learn biblical principles and you will realize that at some point in your life, if, if the Lord grants you children, there will be a point where you begin to recognize that I need help framing what I'm supposed to be as a parent. Hopefully, we can get ahead of the power curve a little bit, and we're not at a moment of crisis in our life with our children, but we can think something like, you know, I want to be ready for those next seasons, or I want to have children at some point, so I'm open to what God would do there. That's what we've been talking about. This is the fourth episode of a four-part series. So I would encourage you, if you're just starting, you just joined us today, first of all, welcome. I'm glad that you joined us. But secondarily, you might go back and listen to the first three as part of this series because they sequentially will build on each other. In the first three, I covered the following. First of all, our goal in parenting. What's our number one goal in parenting? As you may recall, it's for our kids to make our life easy. No, hang on. I went, where are my notes at? I'm just kidding. You guys know. Our number one goal in parenting is to glorify the Lord. That's our number one goal. And you're like, all right, Dr. Gifford, you know, enough of the basics. Uh, but the reality is that sometimes what begins to creep in is we want our kids to get good jobs. We want them to be independent. We want them to be well-behaved. But the reality is those are not our ultimate goals in parenting. Our number one goal is honoring the Lord, and we want God to be glorified. So what does that practically mean? As a parent, my goal is that I would honor the Lord in the way I treat my kids. That leads into definitions. If you haven't done it already, you need to work through your own personal definitions of obedience and an appeal and what warnings look like and showing grace if you don't follow through on consequences. So that's your goal. That is your definition. And then I did include the priorities of parenting. Number one, to reiterate that you personally are honoring the Lord. So your personal holiness is integral to being a good parent. That's why in Ephesians 6, we see that fathers are called to not exasperate their children and encourage them to anger. So if a dad is unholy, it will make him a worse father in all fairness. So dads, police up your own personal sanctification with God's help and watch how that makes you a better dad. So that's our first priority. Our second priority is that we would have marital unity. For marital unity, that does mean that our children are not the number one relationship priority in our home. Hi-ya! Take that child-centered ideology. Uh, we love our kids, but yet we don't worship them. 
we prioritize our spouse and unity with our spouse. So I do want you to remember that marital unity is going to be integral to being good parents. I, I would be glad to say this over and over in any context, but in the counseling situations I've been a part of, when there are poorly behaved children, regularly it is because mom and dad are not on the same page and mom and dad do not clearly express expectations and hold to them clearly and then follow through on parenting plans. So hear ye, hear ye, marital unity, marital unity. All right, now um, what we did last episode is work through a parenting plan. So if you haven't had a chance yet, do go to transform.org and you can see that Word document available to you, totally free. I'm giving it to you just as a suggestion to start with for your kids. So you want to identify what your expectations are of your kids. And today's episode is about the blessings and the consequences that correspond to your child obeying and honoring. So grab a Bible, go to Ephesians chapter six. In your parenting plan, all of us need to have a clear understanding of what we're aiming for. Now, some of you are school teachers out there and you're gonna like color code this thing, label make it, more power to you. You're gonna get those tabs, there'll be charts with apples on them all throughout your house. You know, each kid's gonna have one. Go for it. For the rest of us, that are normal. No, I'm just kidding. For the rest of us, we're typically not that organized. You know, there's not a chart in our homeschool room. We're just trying to develop a formal plan of what our expectations are. So Ephesians chapter six, why do we do this? In verse one, it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Honoring and obeying is what is expected of our kids. And when they do so, there should be a corresponding blessing to doing that. And I I do mean both an eternal and an earthly blessing. When I say an, an eternal blessing, there are eternal blessings for a child obeying their parents. And sometimes when you're eight, you don't always look to the eternal reward. I understand that. But that does mean that you get a personal sense of satisfaction, that you don't have shame and guilt for mistreating your family, including your parents eternal rewards that you're honoring the Lord and you're doing what God expects of you as a child. Think of those as eternal rewards where we want our children to know that, hey, when you obey your parents, what takes place is God is pleased with that because you are called to do that. The Lord has called you to do that. When I am meeting with minors, and I I don't usually meet with those under 10 without their parents being present, Uh, If I'm talking to an 11-year-old, for instance, then their parents are sitting in a room just next to me and there's this glass door so they can see in and see us talking. I will remind them regularly, 11 and up, like, hey, what does God expect of you? God wants you to obey your parents. He does. That is the spiritual act of obedience. And inevitably, the 17-year-old male is going to say, yeah, but my mom does this. And I will respond with, yes, that may be true. But what does God expect of you? God expects you to be obedient. And when you do that and you honor your mom, then what takes place is God blesses you for that because you are doing that for the Lord, not for your mom immediately. So those are the eternal blessings. Now I want to talk about earthly blessings. And as a parent, we do want to begin to engineer ways to bless our children whenever they are honoring and obeying us. When I talk about a blessing, consider some of the things that are blessings whenever you are uh, honoring and obeying your parents. First of all, privacy as a blessing. Some of our children, especially if they're getting to that age of 12 and up, 
you know, they love privacy. They like some time to themselves. They want to go to their room and listen to music or watch a movie or whatever it is that they want to do in their room. Privacy is a blessing. It's not a right. And for you to have privacy, that is something that corresponds to you honoring and obeying mom and dad. You have the blessing of getting to have a cell phone. Hey, check this out. News flash. Sorry to tell every third grader in America, but you are not entitled to a phone. And cell phones, from my opinion, are a very dangerous reality if they are given in an unguarded way. So would you like to have a cell phone? Well, we would like to help you earn one, but you have to honor and obey. And that is going to be a blessing of your obedience. Independence as a blessing. We want to give you time with your friends. We want to give you time to go on a walk and just hang out. We want to give you time where it's just you. That is independence. Independence as a blessing. Obviously, there are monetary blessings. These are usually easier for us to articulate. We're going to take you out for a meal. Uh, You get 20 bucks. You know, you get an allowance of some structure. Or maybe we're going to buy you a gift, a small gift, something that would correspond to what we've asked you to do. But when we talk about blessings, what I would encourage you to do as parents is when your children have been faithful and honored and obeyed, then they should experience a level of blessing that corresponds to that. We want age-appropriate blessings for them so that they don't get discouraged in doing the right thing. Sometimes I'll hear parents say something to the effect of this. Well, you know, like I shouldn't have to tell you to do the right, like that's just do the right thing because it's the right thing. And it's like, yes, I agree, you know, on paper, that is true. But big picture, that can be kind of discouraging for a student. If the only time they hear something from their parents is when they're in trouble, oftentimes it can be tempting to just do whatever you're going to do anyways. So I want to paint it like this. And I've told this to parents in counseling. When you're honoring and obeying, we want to make your life good, real good. We want it to be as well as it can be within biblical wisdom. So if you're eight years old and you're just doing great at school, you're listening, you're working well with your siblings, then we want to bless you and we want to make you know that what you're doing is appreciated, not only from the Lord, but from us as parents. Think of those blessings. So in your parenting plans, you guys need to sit down and work on what are those blessings that correspond to each child? Because what really matters to a 13-year-old may not matter to a three-year-old, in all fairness. And if you say, hey, 13-year-old, you can now watch Bluey on TV, they're going to say, oh, wow, thanks, Dad. What a sheesh, thank you. Uh, So we're corresponding our blessings to age-appropriate plans with our children. Bless their socks off. You know, within biblical wisdom, we're not, we're not trying to spoil or in, entitle our children. We don't want them to be enabled towards a lack of faithfulness, but we do want them to know that when they're honoring the Lord and they're obeying their parents, honoring their parents as well, that life is going to be good for them. So start by identifying your blessings, articulate what they are, and begin to write them down. I said that last episode, you should have about three to five goals or expectations that you're writing down. So with each expectation, I want you to articulate blessings that correspond to that. Okay, we got to stop and take a short break. When we come back, we are going to talk about the consequences of not honoring and obeying. So we'll be right back. 
Friday, and we'll be back with Dr. Gifford for the second half of Transformed in just a moment. But before we do, I want to highlight a couple of resources that you can find at transform.org, one of which I think goes right along with this series on parenting. And Dr. Gifford has covered information that I've never really thought about before. But one issue that I want to draw your attention to, and maybe this is just me that struggles with it, I don't think it is, but anger. And that's something that I have really struggled with as a parent is how you go about parenting your child when they just make you so angry. Well, one book that it's not directly geared toward parenting, but it is geared toward anger. And this book is full of very helpful information. Good and Angry by David Pallison. And one of the things that Dr. Pallison talks about is he says anger not only occurs in your body, your emotions, your thoughts, but it also comes from your deepest motives. And motives run far deeper than our conscious thoughts. Even the smallest incident of irritation or the merest lingering bitterness reveals vast truths about you if you're willing to look. It is a profound book and it can help you with your parenting if you learn how to biblically deal with your anger. It's Good and Angry by David Pallison and it's available right now at transformed.org. Now, while you're there on our website, let's talk about how you can actively support Transformed and our ministry as a whole because when you become an ongoing monthly gospel partner, that enables us to do so much like continuing producing resources like Transformed and reaching more and more people, millions of people all over the world with the gospel. We would love for you to join us as an ongoing monthly gospel partner and you can get all of the details right now at transformed.org. And while you're there, I also want to introduce you to another valuable resource that you'll run across in our Transformed store. It's called Christ-Centered Biblical Counseling by Bob Kelman and Steve Byers. And this is a book that equips individuals to get started on their journey to becoming effective biblical counselors. And if you have ever thought about maybe jumping into the realm of biblical counseling, I want to encourage you to do that. And this book can help you get started. Bob Kelman, Steve Byers, Christ-Centered Biblical Counseling, available right now at transformed.org. Now, back to the man himself, Dr. Greg Gifford, as he continues to talk about biblical parenting. This is Transform. Welcome back to Transform. We have a tendency to let our feelings be the engine that drives our lives. And when we do, despair is soon to follow. And now your host, Dr. Greg Gifford. Thank you, Jimmy. Thanks for the resources. All right, what have I said? Here it is, review number one. Parenting plans clearly identify your expectations for your kids. It's not fair to them if they don't know what you expect of them and then they get in trouble for not doing what you never told them. (laughs) Doesn't that seem frustrating to you as a child? Oh, I'm in trouble, but you never told me this or mom and dad are saying different things. Then after you clearly identify those expectations, I do want you to take the Ephesians 6, 1 and 2 model that this is the first command with promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Verse 3. We want there to be blessings that correspond to honoring and obeying parents. And those are going to be eternal and earthly. Eternal, you have the satisfaction of the Lord and his pleasure. You can have a clear conscience. Those are the eternal blessings. The practical blessings. Pokemon cards. A baby doll. We're taking you out for lunch. All as a means of saying thank you for the way that you've conducted yourself in this household. So I want you to write down those blessings and listen to me, parents. Listen. This is where we get stuck. I have found that well-behaved children often get forgotten about. 
you have multiple children right now, just think of who is the one that gets the most attention. Your squeaky wheel child is the one that can naturally take your attention. So it's disheartening to the child that is actually honoring and obeying over time because they are doing what is right for you or toward you and before the Lord, but yet there's no practical benefit. So I do want you to be guarded that your obedient, compliant child needs to be blessed. And then when you're a bit more strong-willed child starts to be obedient and honor, then there's blessing equally for them as well. So parents usually get riled up when their kids are not obeying, but they're not always fastidious to follow through on blessings. So make sure that you are following through on the blessings, reminding your kids hey, you're doing a great job. Keep going. The reason why I'm blessing you, the reason why we're going to grab an ice cream right now is because we want to show you that we're thankful for you and that you're doing a great job. Now to talk about the consequences. Bum, bum, bum. So I'm, I'm not just saying discipline because discipline is, I think, an appropriate word. Uh, when I say the term consequences, it does infer a couple of things. One thing are going to be, one thing is going to be, excuse me, the natural consequences of your actions. So for instance, we are not shielding you from the natural consequences or the imposed consequences of your actions. Let me identify the natural consequences. If you are a child who is belligerent toward your siblings, a natural consequence is they will not want to be around you. I am not going to force your brothers and sisters to like you. So a natural consequence of your action is that we don't enjoy being around you when you are being belligerent. If you are a disobedient in the way that you are working, you know, we say, hey, you need to work and you don't go to work. Well, guess what a natural consequence is? When it comes time for that, you know, prom and you're like, I need to rent a suit or I need to buy a dress. We're going to say, okay, how much money do you have? And our kids are going to say something like, well, I don't have a lot. I, you know, I didn't work last week. And we're going to say, yes. And right now I'm not going to give you a hundred bucks to buy that because those are natural consequences of you not being faithful to do what's expected of you. Parents, if you do love your children, you're going to have to guard yourself about bailing them out of those natural consequences. At an early age, they're going to forget to bring their lunchbox to school with them. And you're going to have to say, you know what? I love you, buddy. Or I love you, honey. But this is why you need to bring it because you're going to be starving if you don't bring the lunchbox with you. And then later, you're going to say you need to be working and they're going to skip work one day and then not have any money and need to borrow it from you. And you're going to have to say, I'm sorry, I'm not going to give you money right now because those are natural consequences. And if I stunt those or shield you from experiencing those, then what will happen is I am failing you and you're not going to learn from your mistakes here. So parents, allow the natural consequences to take place and even articulate those on your parenting plan. Next, I want to talk about those that are imposed consequences for failing to do what we've asked you to do. So when a child is dishonoring and disobeying, these consequences are intended to bring them back. In shepherding a child's heart, Dr. Tripp uses this idea of restoring them back to a place of honoring and obeying. Consequences are not the end in and of itself. They are restorative. Consequences are designed to restore your children back, but to restore them back to what? Well, technically, it's not to restore them back to stop annoying us, you know, and sometimes disobedience is annoying in all fairness. It's not to restore them back to making our lives more comfortable. It's that they would be restored back to that place of honoring and obeying mom and dad. So consider some of the consequences that we impose 
so that our children would be restored back to a place of honoring and obeying. Number one, think of grounding. Uh, We use that term to describe where you're not allowed to go out. You know, you can't go hang out with your friends. You know, there's a youth group activity this weekend. You're not allowed to go to it. Your friends are going over to the theme park. Okay, you can't go. Uh, Grounding as a form. Usually grounding is going to be more appropriate for older kids. Think those that are probably 11 and up grounding. Um, Next, you're going to have parameters of a loss of privileges. So think that there are certain ones of our children where having their phone is the equivalent of having their life. And we're going to say, look, if if you're going to continue to act this way, then you forfeit your phone for a day and you're going to have to turn it in. We're going to throw it in the safe and then we'll give it back to you tomorrow. And if this continues to perpetuate, then it will continue to be now you don't have your phone. So if a blessing is getting a phone, then a consequence is losing the phone. The removal of privileges means that there are certain things our kids are not entitled to have, like privacy and independence. And in the consequences of disobeying and dishonoring mom and dad, then we're removing those privileges. Why are we we removing those? We are removing those for the sake of them being restored back to honoring and obeying. Uh, Next one, next impose is think of adding responsibilities Uh, So, oh, this is the way that you're going to talk to mom. Well, you now have the privilege of picking up the dog poop in the backyard. All of it. No. Um, Adding responsibilities. You get to cut the grass. Great. You get to now go clean the bathroom. Oh, both bathrooms. Or some of you got three bathrooms. Then go clean all of them. We're adding responsibilities due to your failure to honor and obey. There are a couple of things that I would just add as caveats and I want to just give you an overview of these. Some of you are fans of spanking or physical discipline, and I'm not going to dig deep into that. I do think that it can be biblically permissible, but it does come down to being a conscience issue. And I think it's not only a conscience issue between each family, but then secondarily a child issue. There are certain children, uh, for instance, from what I am told, through counseling and parents that I interact with, that their child that's on the spectrum, that physical discipline does not help. It only makes them more agitated and amps up the temperature. But biblically, physical discipline does help some children, and it does help them to control themselves and regulate their own emotions. Yet we know biblically that you're never going to follow through on physical discipline out of an angry heart, one that is reactionary, so you're always under control. You're exercising a predetermined structure with physical discipline, so this isn't willy-nilly. And my two cents is that if you follow through on physical discipline, that it needs to stop around 12, 13, when your daughters and your sons are starting to become young adults. Uh, There are practical reasons for that. Some of our kids are bigger than us at 12 and 13, but also you're moving more to an adult posture with them to where As an adult, you know, a 17-year-old, you can't expect to have physical discipline that's actually going to change and be preventative. So my two cents is if you feel inclined to that, that is a conscience issue, but you need to be sensitive to the needs of your children and understanding that. If you're confused, this is where I would encourage you to talk to a wise spiritual leader. Uh, Look to the person in your life that does a good job about managing their household and their kids are mostly uh, responsible. Uh, think of that type of individual and I'd pick their brain or find a biblical counselor to pick their brain. So if you don't follow through on consequences, listeners, hear me on this, whether it's allowing the natural or the imposed consequences to take place, if you don't follow through, 
then your whole plan is a bust. It's a bust. If you say, hey, I really want you to be more honest about your grades and the homework, and there's no consequences when they fail to do that, let me just tell you that those expectations are moot and your children either intentionally or unintentionally will exploit that. So what do you what do you need to hear at the very final episode? Consistency, follow through. If you're going to have consequences, then there needs to be consistent follow through on those consequences. If not, then your home will continue to be in chaos, unfortunately. And your children, sometimes unbeknownst to themselves, will continue to buck against the expectations that you have. But if you're willing to say, here are the expectations, here are the blessings and consequences, and I follow through on the blessings and consequences faithfully, then what happens is the temperature of the home goes down. And before long, the kids just know this is how things operate. So they can either get on board or life is going to be very challenging and uncomfortable for them for a season. So my my two cents is be faithful in the follow through. Be faithful in your follow through. So I got to be done for today. I've been kind of wordy. Let me land the plane. If you have more questions, please email me at greg at transformed.org. Let me pray for us. Lord, kids are a stewardship and we are thankful for them. Would you allow us to be good parents because we love you, first of all? And we are just trying to launch these kids to be followers of your son, Jesus. Some of us have been entrusted with great responsibilities in the sense of great needs on behalf of our children and others. It feels like our children are super compliant. Whatever level we are at, Lord, help us to all be dependent on you and recognize that this stewardship is an opportunity to worship. And may we be good parents for your glory and for the good of our children, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been Transform with Dr. Greg Gifford, a production of Gospel Partners Media. Our website, of course, is transformed.org, and it is your central hub for finding in-depth information on all things transformed. If you've enjoyed Transform with Dr. Greg Gifford, consider subscribing and sharing with your friends and church family. Also, would you prayerfully consider joining this labor of love by becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner? And until next time, go serve your king. 